0: Oh um, my. Just lost everything I was going to say. No, it's so good to be here with everyone today. I expect a few more to come in. Uh, this is more important than anything else that we can do. Uh, as I look around today, I want you to know that you look and you say, well, people may not think this is important, but I want you to know you're going to carry the load of revival for northeast Arkansas. Amen. Prayer is the main thing. Brother McCall was showing a book in his office, and it struck a chord to my heart. Uh, no, uh, no cross, no crown was the name of it, written in, in the early 1800s. Uh, today, we're going to bear the cross in prayer. Today, we're going to touch the throne room. It's very, very important. But anything that we do for the Lord doesn't come without a price. And today, I'm going to ask that you join with me and help me in supporting uh, this special meeting. I believe prayer is the most important thing that we do. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, prayer is the most important thing that we do. A lot of people doesn't take it serious. But today we do. Hallelujah. Can I ask for some ushers to come and help me? It's good to see young people here. Amen. Amen. So if you would, brother, just start playing. We're going to pray. Just go ahead, young men. God is so good. To all the ministry that's here, thank you for for taking this very serious. For the lay uh, lay person that's here, thank you for making things happen for the Lord. Prayer will make a difference in our lives. We're gonna have focused prayer. We're gonna have a lot of things going on with focused prayer. We're gonna fight the enemy today. Amen. The, when we were making the annual calendar. Uh, Brother Duran asked if he could schedule a prayer time. Uh, It thrilled me because I know what prayer can do. Am am I saying too much? Is is it sinking in yet? Prayer is important. Uh, Prayer is important. We didn't come here to sit back. We didn't come here to look at everybody else pray. We came to touch the throne of God. So look, at, look across at somebody and give them an at and handshake, you know? You know, long distance handshake. And just tell them, speak it out loud. I want to touch God. I want to touch God for you. In Jesus' name. Brother Duran.
1: Are you thankful for the Lord's blessings? Amen. Amen. So good to have evangelist Jason Beardsley with us. When I asked earlier, Brother Murphy was referring to us asking about having this session. Brother Beardsley was the man I had in mind for that. And I believe this is God ordained, especially after speaking with him last night. I believe this is ordained of God. And I believe that God's I know he's already here, and I believe his presence is going to increase. And uh, if you need healing in your body, this is probably a really good place to be today. If you need restoration in your soul, this is absolutely a good place to be today. If you have a need any in any aspect of your life, you came to the right spot. You know, God actually moves on Saturday mornings every, every bit as much as he does on Sundays. Amen. Amen. As Brother Beardsley comes, can we lift our hands to the Lord and ask him to speak to us today? Thank you, Jesus.
2: Amen. Let's do that again. Let's just lift our hands. Let's just take a few moments right now. I believe we need to open up ourselves to be receptive to what God is wanting to do in this place today. And it's through prayer Lord, we love you, Jesus. Lord, we need you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. It is so good to be with you, hallelujah. Lake Lake City that's and I know this is section 5 and I give honor to all the the ministry that is here if you're a pastor or a lay minister if you're in any kind of ministry can you lift your hand let me see hey, Amen thank you for coming out and you know people that come to church on Saturday mornings they're serious <laughs> they're serious about it I don't know if there's anybody here that I know we're here for a prayer and uh focused prayer and, expecting God to do something miraculous. I know most of you do not know me. Uh, this is me. And that's you. We're going to expect God to do something miraculous in this place. I was in a convention um, about a week and a half ago. Well, it's not even been that long. It's not even a week. And uh, I was in the balcony, and uh, the Holy Ghost hit me and gave this message is going to be a little hodgepodge, but I believe by the time we get done today, what God has, and I believe very strongly in speaking, what God is going to do. And uh, he did show that there are people that are here that are in ministry uh, that are are frustrated, complacent, not having any direction. God's saying uh, that all changes today today. What do you do with the vision God gives you and then you find yourself stuck in a wilderness? He shows you the he shows you the ending of it. And you started the journey, but now you're in between. What do you do when it doesn't look like what he showed you? He said this isn't the end of it. Amen. I believe there's going to be some shifting today. In, in in the spiritual side of things and also the physical side of things. You can't, you cannot give somebody something that you don't have. Yeah. Jesus tells Peter, he says, you love me, feed my lambs. And he goes on and repeats himself and God's not into repeating himself. It has purpose. He's saying, if you really love me, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. But the problem is, is if you If you empty yourself out and you don't have anything to feed somebody with, so you got to get a little personal and selfish today and allow God to um, minister to you. Amen. I'm going to direct your attention to Acts chapter 3 and verse 1. I do apologize for my speech right now. My head's all allergied up. This guy's... We're tag-teaming in that today. Amen. But my condition physically has nothing to do with what God's wanting to do spiritually. Acts 3 and 1. And now Peter and John went up together and into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Somebody say together. In prayer. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they had laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple and peter who seeing peter and john about to go into the temple asked an alms and peter fastening his eyes upon him with john said look on us look on me i've got it look look at me Amen. You got you to gotta grab that for a moment. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. And then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he which set for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple and they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him i want to it's going to be a little hodgepodge but i want to i want to talk to us for a little bit about this the currency of the kingdom the currency of the kingdom Heavenly Father, we come before you right now, knowing I'm just a vessel, God, but what you have given to me, I pray that it will be delivered as you have given it to me. Remove me, God, and allow you to speak right now. I pray that every ear, eye, and heart will be opened in this place, knowing we need you to move, God. You brought us together for purpose. In the name of Jesus, I come against every hindering spirit, in Jesus' name, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for what you're doing and what you're about to do. If you're going to help me preach today, you can be seated. Amen. Anybody have any faith in the house today? Anybody who truly believe The Holy Ghost has been speaking to me a little bit about, uh, it's, it, it, it's not even in completion, but God was speaking to me about a, a a people that they believe in God. And I I know everybody here, you're here because you believe in God. But uh, there is a place that we got to get in God that we believe that God can work through us. There is a frustration that happens because when we look at humanity and see who we are and the condition from sickness to depression to oppression, I believe that one of the greatest uh, attacks on the church today is a spirit of not possession but a spirit of oppression if he can get you thinking different and mess with your mind even though you have all the tools that God has given you you won't know how to operate them he looks at Peter at one time and, and, he, and he tells him he asked Peter he says who do, you, who do, who do people say that I am and Peter tells him uh, some say you're this, and some say you're a prophet. And he goes on, but then he, he makes it personal and say, "Who am I to you? Who do you believe I am, if you will?" Well, I, I believe you're the son of the living God. I well, now let me tell you who you are. Let me let me. I'm gonna give you the keys now, so you can operate the kingdom. Amen. I believe everybody that has the Holy Ghost here today, if you've been if you've been called to this ministry, and I believe that you have keys. Uh, But it's one thing to have keys, it's another to know how to operate it. There's a frustration that goes on in the spiritual side of things because God takes you out of darkness and brings you into this marvelous light. And we're thankful for it. I'm thankful for salvation today. I'm thankful that he made a way that I could uh, live a life that's more abundantly. And we get frustrated because we're at a place that we're, we're, we're operating in, in, in a place of uh, just salvation and not operation. We, we, we come to church, we dress up on Sunday, and, and we go through this process. And, and you see people come to an altar and they get the Holy Ghost. But uh, there's a difference between uh, people receiving the Holy Ghost and us operating in the Spirit. I'm feeling, I'm feeling comfortable right now. Amen. There, there, there's a place that we've got to come to an understanding. And this is why it's so frustrating. How many prayers have we prayed, and it seems that they go unanswered? Is it God's working half the time, and the other time he's on vacation? He's at number two ditch, you know, uh, catfishing? I, I've swam in your San Francis River. I almost drowned in that thing. Uh, but uh, there's, a, uh, there's a place in God that you can get, that you can ask, and you shall receive. There is actually a place, church, that you can get in God, that you can seek, and you will find it. We serve a prayer answering God today. Amen. I'm going to mess with you a little bit because I want you to get to a place that God says it. what is required of you is that you believe in me. Amen. That you believe that I can change you. Amen. I know you believe I, I, I can change your neighbor, but I can change you. Where old things are passed away and all things can become new. Amen, I want to get to a place in God that the kingdom comes to heaven, comes to earth. Amen, it's, it's, we know it's there and its we have access to it if we operate properly. Amen. the frustrating thing with it is is it's twofold. It's God will save you just as you were. We don't, you don't have to get cleaned up to come here. And you can come as an alcoholic. I've seen I've seen drug addicts and alcoholics. I've seen uh, in any kind of condition. You can come just as you are. You're welcome here. But once you get the Holy Ghost, everything
0: changes. Amen. 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 And, and,
2: you know, you, we've got to separate salvation from just operation. God says, "I've saved you for purpose, yeah. not so you could just make it to heaven." Well, I'm coming to church and make, that's fine. I'm not saying, if you're not operating fully in it, but I don't know about you, but I don't want to go through this place where all we're singing about is what we're going to do up there. Won't we have a time when we get over? I want to have a time here. I want to see the kingdom come here. Amen. He says, well, the stripes on my back, it was for purpose. Amen. For here, not there. Everything that I've done was for here. Yes. Amen. You need to access it. But it takes more than just uh, you bending a knee and bowing a head. you got to be obedient to me. Obedience. Amen. Somebody say obedience. obedience. That's difficult for people. That's difficult for us to understand this process. because, And God says that's okay. You don't have to understand everything. Matter of fact, James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee. Submission. Submission means you don't agree. You can't agree with something that you submit to.
1: That
2: that helped me. Whenever I heard that, I was like, oh, I can do this. That means I don't have to agree with everything. I don't have to understand everything. But if I submit to it and do it God's way, amen, the dead are going to be raised. Amen. I, it doesn't matter what comes in this place. It will leave different than it came in if I submit to the will of God. Hey, God, I don't understand everything, but have your way in me. Move in me, God. Let, pour yourself into me as I pour out myself. Amen. There's a, it's, not, it's not a, God gives us keys, and there's a frustration that happens. And God says it's not predicated upon an emotional move. You know, you got a guy that can sing here, and it instantly changes. But was that because God came or because he did a good job? We're emotionally moved if they sing our song. Oh, that's my song. Let me get out there now. Hey man, I'll, I'll dance during that. Oh, that, that new stuff, I don't. Hey, every song that is sung should be unto God. If his name's in it, it shouldn't be moving you to a place where you're moved by the beat of the drum. Amen. You should have came in this place with a dance. You should have came in this place with a shout. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go. Before I ever got there, amen, I had my mind on Jesus. I didn't need 45 minutes of somebody pumping and priming me to get me to a place. I came in this place with Jesus already. You want to know when church starts? When I walk in the building. It's already, it doesn't matter if I'm at the Piggly Wiggly or if I'm at Walmart or if I'm in the house of God. This is the church. This is the temple. Amen. Thank God for this building. It says, You are the building I'm looking for. You are the place that I reside. I no longer dwell in buildings made by man's hands, but buildings made by my hands. God says, I don't want you serving me out of duty just so you don't go to hell. I want you to serve me out of desire because you love me as being your Lord and your Christ. I'm more than you can ever imagine if you'll just open yourself up and allow me to be God in your life. I was at a place in my ministry. I was pastoring two churches and had some daughter works, and it was pretty successful. In the, in the physical side of things. And it, it was at a place that every day of my life was filled with the things of God. I was at a place that I said, man, if anybody's going to heaven, it's me and Paul. We're really doing the work of God. And God slapped me. He said, you think I need you? You think I really need you? When's the last time you had peace, Jason. When's the last time you felt the, the anointing of the Holy Ghost personally? Oh, you're seeing people get the Holy Ghost. That has nothing to do with you. I, 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 I'm going to mess with you. I know people that have been behind Pentecostal pulpits and they were having affairs, and God would still fill somebody with the Holy Ghost. Don't get it twisted. That's free. But you can still go to hell. In that condition, we're being real here today, hey Amen. God's going to shift some things in some in the spiritual side of things. There's some people that are frustrated. You 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 can shake people's hand and say everything's all right, and you know how to just be that soldier that'll be in battle and just do it. And God says, I don't. I'm not looking for that kind of person. I really don't need you. I chose you. I could have done it a different way, but I chose to dwell in you. I chose you to be the light in this dark world, hey amen. But you've got to be full of me. You've got to complete your. you got to complete the process from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the the scriptures. It's always been a frustration that you see in in man, always seeing this falling and failing and, and struggle. Every one of them. You. You're not the first one that struggles. You're not the only one that seems like you got a target on your back. The Bible says a just man, a righteous man, falls seven times. But he gets back up again. He cleans himself off and he gets back to a place, amen, that God can move. Where is this secret place that we sing about today? Take me to that place, Lord. Is it really that secret? It's no secret. Amen. But you do have to, it is conditional. Not just, you just can't go in there anyway. People come into church nowadays. And if they get there for the preaching, they think they're okay. How many people, you know, 45 minutes late, everything that comes up to the preaching, and they'll tell the pastor, like, well, I was there on time. I heard the word. And stroking his ego, well, you did a phenomenal job. And everything up to whenever he speaks was unto God. And when he starts speaking, it's unto you. Got there and said, God, feed me. But you didn't give God anything. And God says, you can't, oh, you came to church, but you weren't in the holies of holies. You were in the other room. You was in the outer courts. There's fornication there. There's adultery there. There's hypocrites there. But when you get into that place that you can go boldly before the throne, and that's where the power is, that's conditional. can't go in there just any old way. There's got to be a sacrifice made. You've you, you got to bring some form of sacrifice. Oh, I know. We talk about sacrifice and everybody always thinks money. He says, no, it's you. I'm talking about you. Well, I just, I can't dance like I used to. I can't shout. But you can lift my name up. Your heart can be screaming. There's people's hearts that are screaming, but their mouths are shut. But God still hears them. Hey, man, he says, do you really desire for me to move and for me to move in a way that it's for my purpose, not your purpose? People ask me, say, how long are you going to be on the road? I don't know. I'm in the will of God. He didn't say, well, you're going to do it for two months. If he did that for you, man, you got a closer relationship than I do. I'm just saying, God says, you just keep following my will, and I'll make a way. You you just stay in the vein. You still hear my voice. I don't speak in ways that you think. I don't speak through the the thunder and the lightning, but there is a still small voice that's that's speaking to you. You just got to remove yourself from the clutter and hear me as I speak. Conditional. Salvation. How frustrated is people? They come to church. They've been living for God, and it seems like after they get the Holy Ghost, and this is, we we do falter here. I mean, I love preaching, I love revival, but that's 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 moon work. That's that's you know that's that's living on the moon. But there's an in depth place that you got to get in God through teaching and, and practicing properly you got to get to a place say, not my will, but thy will be done. Though he slay me, even though I'm going through a troubled time, even though God gave me a vision that the church was going to be th- this big and God showed what is going to happen, and it seems like I'm regressing, I'm still going to worship you. You know there's a place in God that you have to get where God says, now I know that I can trust you. There's a tipping point in there. I don't understand it, but he does say that. He told Abram, he said, after he gave him the promise, he said, this is what's going to happen. You you know, I'm I'm giving you a miracle. I'm giving you a son, you know, at an age that you you know it's me. You shouldn't be producing at this age. But the miraculous happens when I get in the middle of it. (laughs) And then he tells him right after, a little bit later, he says, now take that promise I gave you and kill it. Sacrifice it. Take that one you love it that I gave you, <laughs> and still worship and kill it. I, I, I don't know how, how what went on in his mind, but he got to a place that he, in the scriptures he says he woke up the next morning and he said, "Me and the lad." He 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 goes on and he gets to a place and leaves everybody down. says, "Me and the lad, we'll be back. We're gonna go worship." I don't know what kind of I don't know if you had that kind of faith. I don't know if I've got that kind of faith. But I do know that he understood that God is forever, the word of God is forever settled. He's not a liar. Amen. If God said he's going to do something, he's going to do it. If we are obedient. He takes that lad up there and God provides, you know the story. He goes through the whole process. But it's at that point that God says, now I know. That I can trust you, uh, uh, Abram. And you're no longer Abram. Now let me tell you. Now, now let me show you. Let me give you a little, let's be descriptive a little bit here. Now let me show you what's going to happen in your life. I can't show you that until I can trust you. I can't. I give you the keys. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Peter, I, 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 there's a place for you. But I can't give it all to you as Simon. But now you're going to become Peter. Now you're going to know. Upon this rock I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm trusting you now. It's, it's not just one anointing, folks, not in the kingdom. There's dimensions in God. I'm not gonna get too spiritual and start walking on air, but I'll tell you this there are dimensions in God that I can't even fathom. It's beyond my comprehension. Well, I just don't believe that. Have you been there? There is. It's not you. you haven't reached your. You, you, you haven't reached your full potential yet. I don't care what, how many birthdays you've had. It's the truth. We look at it. We look at it in the physical. Say, well, I can't play basketball like I used to, and now I'm going to have to golf, and after that, now it's fishing because you know the knees they just give out. That's the way we look at it in the spiritual thing. That's not the way it works, folks. It's different. You're not, you you haven't reached your full potential. You're You're not made to sit on the back pew now and just watch everybody else and watch it just go by. God says, no, there's greatness still. If I'm still in there, there's something great in you. If you still got a voice, you can speak to mountains and they will be removed. There's pillars amongst us that have become dormant and they just had a place that they just don't feel like they're of any use anymore and they don't fit in. God says, you just keep speaking my name and I'll make a way where there is no way. There's nobody that can stop the anointing in your life. You can though. Oh, Ezekiel, let me take you off your mountain and throw you in a valley and ask you, Hey, what do you what do you believe? What do you believe? Do you believe these bones can live? He 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 does exactly what we do. Thou knowest God. Have your way. If you want to do it, go ahead. Let me get out of the way. God says, No, that's not what I asked you. I know what I can do. I want to know what you think. Do you believe I can move and I can make dead bones? Live again. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're in the physical side of things, no, you don't believe that. If you're living in the carnal side, no, you you, you can't believe that because it's not possible. But if you get in the spiritual side, everything changes. I can, hey, I believe I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. As long as I've got God on my side, watch me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. There's a place where you get that you believe that you got it. If I could just... The woman with the issue of blood, she believed in God but she had to believe in herself. She's been to doctors and everybody else, but she got to a place. She said, but if I can just touch, I believe if I, me, my hands, if my hands can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. I'm trying to get somebody to believe in yourself today. Get to it. This isn't a self-help deal. This is saying this is what God has said, and this is the requirement for you, for him to move through you, is you got to believe that he can change you. don't understand my uncle my aunt my, you know I have generational curses old things are passed away and all things I, all things become new those gener, generational curses are behind me I know some people may see you that way but how does God see you today if he called you to this I'm telling you he'll take you through it uh, Paul, Paul's at a place in his ministry that he's setting, and he says he's frustrated he's watching everybody else get a miracle he's watching everybody else to get healed and the Holy Ghost being poured out he says hold on a minute man I've been to you three times and I've asked you to remove this thorn from my flesh do you not care about me he says you know what he says my grace, Paul, is sufficient for thee. Now, I've always read that and thought, well, that means that, you know, his grace is, he, he, he's just going to have to live with it. Salvation is enough. That's not what he's saying. He's saying everything I've done is more than enough. I don't need to do anything else. It's on you. You want me to move. It's on you. Hey, Amen. I, I, you, you want me to die again? You don't think the thorns that I wore, that crown on my head, that wasn't enough? You don't think those stripes on my back is enough to remove the thorns in your flesh? I'm done. Now it's up to you. You want me to move. You move. I inhabit the praises of my people. It's not predicated upon if you're having good times. I know everybody praises whenever they go to the mailbox and there's a check in there. Nobody praises when there's a cutoff notice. It's crazy. Almost every church across the nation, I, I travel everywhere. Hardly nobody does testimonies anymore. If they do, they say, yes, you. The guy over here is like, oh, come on, let me testify. No, you. I know you got a check in the mail. You got the cutoff notice. The devil's been on my back. I don't even know if I'm going to make it. My feet are swelled up like two big old Susie Q's. My back hurts. My head hurts. Pray my strength the Lord. I don't know if I'm going to make it. That was a testimony. Do we just testify when something good happens? The Bible says we're overcomers by our... Hey Amen. Oh, I, I feel dangerous right now. Hey Amen. Oh, I've got some trouble going on right now. Let me testify. Yeah, I, I, I want to say I've got some trouble, but you, you watch and see. The God that gave me this Holy Ghost is the God that's going to turn the lights back on. I know they may have turned it on, but you just watch and see. I'm testifying about what God is about to do. Because greater is He that is in me. Hey, I still believe. I believe. Hallelujah. We got any believers in the house, Amen. I still believe if you, whatever the vision is God gave you, Pastor. Yes. I still believe that whatever He said He's going to do, God's going to do it. He's faithful and just, yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, but it's conditional. Thank you. you can't get it in the outer courts. Come on. Come on. God, God told me, he "said Do you think I need you? I don't need you." But I desire to have a relationship with you. It's not predicated upon how many people you got in your church or how much work you're doing in the physical. The last time you went to a closet and closed yourself in there and said, God, it's me. I don't need anything. I just wanted you to know I love you. I don't, I don't love you just because you made a, you prepared a way, a heaven for me. I love you because you're the king of kings. You're the Lord of lords. I don't have a lot of money on me, but I love you. Oh, I'm telling you, folks, it changes the atmosphere. Dry bones start growing and putting, getting back together again. When you start prophesying and speaking of the greatness of God, He says, don't worry about it. As long as you got a bone, I'll supply the blood. You don't have to worry about the blood because the life's in the blood. And I gave, I shed blood for you. Amen. I shed blood so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. But you got to believe in me. Stir it up. Equal to a He said, You serve me, Jason, out of duty, not desire. You have no joy, you have no peace. You're just serving me. Thinking you're really doing my work. I speak worlds into existence. You think I need your hands? We got a building God gave us. We walked into a 1.4 million dollar building. They wanted 200 thousand down. We would have any money in the bank, but we laid, we anointed that building in Chicago. We put oil on it. And we anointed it, in the, me and my wife, in the name of Jesus. I know this seems impossible, but God's in it. <laughs> a little bit later, we sat down. I said, and the the. The real estate agent, he said, it's not possible. I said, let me talk to their board. All things are possible through God. And this, this Trinitarian church, they was, we sat, our board was sitting with their board, and they're over there said, I don't know what's going on, but I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost in this place. He said, what, what can you do? He said, we well, ain't got no money down. We need to get in first month free. And this is how much we can afford to pay. They said, "Done." Now the real estate agent say you got to have two hundred thousand down, but God says you don't need anything down. And I got to a place that everybody was excited and everything was going good, and all of a sudden I became a keeper of God's kingdom. I put a big old thermostat up here. Is that a thermometer? Thermometer. I probably got a fever right now, but I put this thermometer up and I said we need to have this much money, and it didn't have but just a little bit of. I mean, you couldn't even tell it was colored in. And it stayed that way. And all of a sudden, I'm trying to think of, man, we need to sell peanut brittle. We need to do something. Have a crawfish boil. And God's sly means it. How do you think you're going to pay for this building? How did you get in this building? You did it, God. Now all of a sudden, you're taking responsibility? Now you're now you're trying to find ways outside of me. Who do you think you are? Do you really think I need you? And you're wondering why you're frustrated. All you care about is the building. Now you're trying to pay off my building. What did I tell Peter? He said, "Do you love me? Yeah. Feed my sheep. You stop feeding the sheep and you're feeding the building. It's not rocket science." If you feed people, they grow. Yeah. You feed lambs, they become sheep. And if they become sheep, that's why he says lambs first. He says feed the lambs, but they're going to grow up, keep feeding them, they'll become sheep. And if they become sheep, you got something to take to the market. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The provision is in the people. Yeah. I understand you got to have blueprints and everything, but you better have a God print on it. He better be in the middle of it because you can't afford to pay for this. This is his kingdom. He'll stop in everything. Come on. Hear me. If it has stopped, if it seems like everything has stopped, it has purpose. It's not that the devil's winning. That's already been. That's not even. That's not even a. That's not even thought of. That's already won. He's already been defeated. It's between me and him. He says, "I've stopped because your relationship with me—I've severed it for a little bit. I know people get the Holy Ghost; that's free. But I will not operate through you. You will not have peace. You will not have joy, and you won't have personal increase until you decrease to a place that you allow me to be both Lord and Christ." Oh, you're 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 preaching salvation, but that's all that does is frustrate people. You got seasoned people, and you, you wonder why our children are falling by the wayside, and they don't want our God. Are we are we are we praying the same repetitious prayers? Because God's not answering them. God, you know we. I, I believe I believe that we're going to have in. I, I've been in churches. And the pastor's preaching about uh, we, the prostitutes are welcome here. The drug addicts welcome here. Everybody's welcome here. And they'd be right there sitting over here. We'd be an alcoholics saying amen. He's basically telling them, shut up. I'm preaching right now. And all along, the people that he's saying are welcome here, they're there. How about we stop preaching about having revival and let's just have it? If God, revival and evangelism is separate. The church gets revived and God will give increase. One plants, another waters, but only God's the one that gives increase. That's it. We've got to get to a place that we're planting and watering and allowing God to give increase. Stop trying to grow it ourselves. I said, you couldn't heal an ant on on your best day. But I can raise the dead. Do you really believe in me? If you had been here, God, Lazarus wouldn't have died. You don't believe in me. You don't believe in yourself that I can operate through you. Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. There's no condition that I can't bring you out of. But you got to get to a place that you remove yourself from everyone else. We're like robots. We are. Our churches are like robots. The worship leader gets up and he controls the atmosphere. He's had a bad day. We all had a bad day. If he's carnal, we're leaving carnal. I'll get in trouble if I say it again. It was in the Spirit the first time. It'd be in me the second. Seriously, folks. Let let me give you a newsflash. Nobody cares about your problems like you do. Nobody. The pastor don't care about them as much as you do. But you want him to pray more about your problems than than you do. If the pastor would pray, the pastor says, how about you pray? I, I don't have a monopoly on miracles. The Bible says if you are spirit filled, ask, you shall receive. Seek, you shall find. There is a fivefold ministry that is to equip the people so that they can go minister. Everybody here has the ability. Well, I just don't know. You're measuring it to who you are. I'm a. It, you got to get to a place that you don't allow the worship leader, and I'm, he's a great one. You don't allow the worship leader to, to control the atmosphere of your praise. You look at it; he comes up here, to, everybody's shouting. And you'll be in the middle of a shout, and he says, "You may be seated." Everybody sits down. It's not a commandment; it's an option. Well he may have got a check in the mail so he don't need a lot of praise. He don't need the kingdom to come that much. But you may be on your death's bed and I'm going to praise until it changes my condition. Oh, David, what are you doing? Why are you breaking that? Quit, Quit doing that. Take a few steps and, hey man, my praise isn't under you. You may not like my dance, but God likes it. He loves it. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. Condition. We love it. Seek ye first the kingdom. Man, I want the kingdom. The kingdom, the kingdom come. And everybody's shouting that, and everybody delivers that. Right now I'm gonna change the atmosphere. I'm gonna I'm gonna bestow upon you the gifts. And you leave here like I got the gifts. What are you done with it? It's conditional. It's conditional. Hear me, folks. He is a miracle-working God, but it's conditional. He's made you weak. Hear me, Paul. Paul gets. He says, "Huh, I get it. When I'm weak, he's strong. It's conditional." Whenever I'm, I'm at a weakness, when I've got a thorn in the flesh, I actually have something I can put on an altar and sacrifice so that I can light in that outer court a place where I can get to the holy place where now I can petition. I don't know if you're getting it or not. I'm not here preaching some blabbing and grab it. It's the same. You see, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. Today and forever. Since the beginning of time, whenever the anointing and the power was present on earth, it happened in a way where he says, I live here. It was conditional. He says, you build it to my specifications. He's not emotionally moved. Jesus! What moves him? There's nothing wrong with screaming. You get excited, you can scream. But you you can just say, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. And whenever you have been obedient to him, everything changes. That's what Paul says. I get it. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I allow God to be not just Christ, but Lord in my life. Hey man, I, I I could everything's going to change. Some of you are living in a frustrated place. And God says, it's, it's conditional. You have an outer court, You have a holy place. And then you have a holies of holies. It's the same. He said, I no longer dwell in buildings made with man's hands. But you are the building. And the furniture doesn't change. <laughs> See, that's the problem. We got too many people that are remodeling the house of God. Well, I don't know if we need this. We need to move this lamp out of here. And oh you, those candles, let's we need those new clap on. We don't need those golden. God says, no. The furniture I put in there. You know, if I was gonna do it, I would I wouldn't do it the way he did it, where you come in, there's sacrifice there. Let me eat first. Let's plump it up a little bit before we sacrifice it. And then you have that 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 lather there where you wash in the word. And then you go into that holy place and that's where you you commune and you petition and then you can go get the power. How many times have you left church frustrated? You know God's in the house because you have some dear elder that sacrifices at home before she ever came in the place and you're just like, man, we had church today. No, you didn't. She did. You just felt the glow of it. You felt the afterglow. She walked by and you went, You got those holy shivers, like, oh, that's enough. That won't get you to your next Sunday. You're gonna have road rage on Monday. You're gonna have somebody that's gonna act crazy on Tuesday. And there's always a Wednesday, and there's a Thursday, and then there's a Friday. I can't, God, how many times of Facebook? I can't wait till Sunday. How about you have Sunday service today? How about you just let God move how He wants to move to, is I pray that God comes back Sunday afternoon. If He comes back Monday afternoon, I don't know if I don't, there's going to be some people not make it. Amen. He said, "You ain't. You don't know when I'm going to come, but you better be ready. Prepare yourself. Get ready. It's become real, folks." We're in a a day and hour. I remember when I was a young lad, the the pastor would say something, and we didn't question it. We just did it. But that's not what we're at today. you got a whole bunch of people that are able to speak in children's lives, in your young people's lives, in your children's lives, on Facebook. you got a lot of authors, but nobody's got an editor. There's atheists speaking in their life. There's people that are discrediting the the kingdom. And they're speaking. And when you're down, you'll start questioning things. And you can't take a stance anymore. Well, you know, you just, in my day, how come we don't do this? How come we, are you, your spirit's not right. It's because I said so. But you're dealing with a generation today that says, show me. I need to know educated show me that's not saying they're questioning it they're questioning it in a way of I need to see it God's given it to us hear me I'm at a place right now I'm in a battle I got our family we got a huge family and they've all all the brothers and sisters are in church I got about two or three nephews right now they're borderline atheists they sit on Pentecostal pews and they've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But they're questioning the operation of God because we preach about how God's able to change things and how God's able to answer any, all of our needs and supply. But they ask questions and say, I don't see that God in your church. I got one that went to a, 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 another denominational church that doesn't have truth. And he said, I said in their church and they put him on a staff. Because of his talent, and he said, "I felt the same, felt the same atmosphere there as I do, and what you say is true." Now it's nothing. I I, I don't believe it anymore. All I believe is an emotional. It's just emotional move. It's personal. We got to serve a God that answers our prayers they believe. I, w- I went to one. He started questioning the oldest of our nephews. He started questioning, said, and he wasn't disrespectful. I was raised he was, but he was actually saying, I, I need to see this. He said, I said, God will show you. He said, no, he won't. And I sat in my living room and I looked up to heaven. And in all sincerity, I said, God proved to me that you're real. And he said, nothing happened. So I went to God. I was mad. I said, why didn't you at least let the lampshade the, the lamp fall on his head or something? Show him. He says, I can't. What do you mean you can't? He said, because he's not trying to believe in me. He's trying to prove. He's disbelieving in me. And I only operate in faith. I'll show you because you believe in me. But I can't show him because he's trying to prove me wrong. I'm bound by my word. I need somebody to believe in me. It's not enough to have the Holy Ghost, folks. If you don't have operation, they will die and become dormant to live here you've got to have the operation of God for your church to increase you have to have the gifts of the spirit in operation we don't need bicycles and iPods what we need is the power of God to engulf our churches from the top of our head to the sole of our feet when somebody comes in this place they know they're in the 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 king of kings and the lord of lords we still have a God that answers prayers but we gotta get obedient to him He you try me. I want you to try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing. Come on, come on. No. Go ahead, try me. Come on. I still believe. I still believe if there's cancer in this place, God can heal it now. The enemy has warped us to a place that we even get the scriptures to a place that we don't believe that he's present. We believe in a God that's going to be in heaven. And we believe a God that was there for Moses. But he says, I'm God now. I'm a very present help in the time of trouble. But you got to get to a place that you call on my name. No matter the condition of the outcome. I may be going through a fiery furnace. But let it be known today that I won't bend and bow. He is the king of kings. He's able to bring us out. If he doesn't, it's his will. look how conditional it is you get a doctor's report you go to the doctor and if he can't fix it then you say, church pray yeah, it's conditional God don't operate in that He said these signs follow them that believe yeah, yeah. we believe in you when you're a last resort When we know we're dying when the doctor... And everybody else can't do it, then we're gonna believe in you, God. Conditional. Look at the miracles and signs and wonders that God performs whenever somebody's gonna receive the Holy Ghost. He's doing it because He says he, he, he's, he's showing them as an example. He says, You can believe in me. Yeah. Now hear my word. This is what you got to do. Repent, be baptized. Yeah. Not, and I'm not against, I'm not against ways of drawing. But once they get here, the gifts of the Spirit better be operational. They won't stay. Because you don't have enough money to give somebody an iPod every day. But you do have a, you can have enough power that you can help them in the physical, financial, and spiritual. And I'm not talking about with the money in your pocket. I'm talking about a king. I'm talking about the, the currency of the kingdom. You can cash in on it if you get to a place of understanding, that you get to a place of operational. Everybody has went through this frustration place. Peter went through it. He failed and failed and kept failing. But he got to a place that you don't find him failing anymore. All they're writing about is man, his shadow's healing people. This guy, is he's on fire. He's riding away. wave. No. He removed himself From looking for the miracle, and he thrust himself into a place that he becomes the miracle. You gotta get it. Everything he does is in the physical. Hey, if that's you, bid I come and walk on this water. Oh, I'm not gonna let them steal you. I'm not gonna let them kill you. He physically does it. No, you don't need to do it. You need to do it my way. God says, Get thee behind me, Satan. There is only one way it's my way there's not a death and a burial there will not be a resurrection there will not be a newness Peter gets it he's sitting there and he's casting all day he goes back and I'm I got a little time he goes back to a place he's fishing all night and the thing that he is a master at he can't catch it he follows Christ, but then he goes back, saying, "Well, God can't do it. I guess I'm gonna have to do it." Yeah, he goes back to fishing. Yeah. You left that back there. What are you picking it up again for? Oh, God. Well, I, God didn't do it, so I got to make a way. And he don't. And he knows how to fish, but he don't catch nothing. God showed you that there's going to be a number of people in your church, but there's nobody. You're doing everything, passing out flyers, getting in a helicopter and dropping turkeys on people. (laughs) Nothing. Oh, they'll come for the turkey, but they'll leave. Thank you. I had people come after church for the Thanksgiving dinner. They won't even come to church. They'll come for the dinner, though. But he catches nothing. Here it is. Here's the shift, I believe. It's not gospel, it's J He says, he looks and they, hey, who is that? Who's, to, who's telling us? And whenever Peter, he casts, he tells him, says, cast on the right side. Who does this guy think he is? We've been fishing all night. Does he not think we've cast on the right side already? Be obedient. <laughs> Go ahead. Wore out, tired. Ooh, and here it comes, but you got to catch this—not the fish. He—he—he he, he gets to a place that he—he he lets somebody else hold it, if you will. And the Bible says he strips everything off. He strips his coat off, and he jumps into the room, in, into it, and he goes to where Jesus is. He's one of the only ones that does it. That's what the Bible says. And he—he—he he, he, he no longer is worried about the provision, the physical side of things. But he wants to stay connected to the spiritual. He no longer is just looking at the miracle. He jumps in and becomes the miracle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hear me, folks. It's no longer about self. It's about... Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you. he tells him, he says, oh, you believe in me now. He says, now you go back. He says, you go back and get the provision now. It's there, folks. It's waiting on you. I know you've been fishing in this... Same place. You've been doing everything you do. But whenever you start planting and watering properly. And you start being obedient to God. Not emotional. Everybody in prison becomes spiritual. But that's not what breaks you out. It's when you were spiritual when you went in. <laughs> what are we going to do, Paul? Paul. We're gonna do the same thing we did on the outside. Yeah. Well, I I gotta praise, I gotta shut up. Yeah. No, we're getting ready to rock the house. Yeah. I mean yeah. Yeah. you can't clap, you can't your feet and I got chains. <laughs> Come on somebody. That was the yeah. first kibasa. Yeah. 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 All of a sudden, where you can't get out of, God can get into. It doesn't matter where you're at. He says, You make your bed in hell. I'll be there. I there's no place that you can go that the power can't be there. I'm, I'm omnipresent. I feel every space and time. You just gotta be obedient to me. increase it's a scripture in Ezekiel it talks about he says I remember you in your youth when you used to come used to seek after me in a desert place in a land that was not sown when you were young you used to desire you used to, used to seek after me I remember that day that's how I called you it was at that place don't you remember how much you loved me How much you cared about me? It was unconditional. You came in this place and you were messed up. And I filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I anointed you and appointed you. I remember how eager you were to please me in that barren wilderness. What happened? You hug your harp on a willow. There's no song. Got a Miriam mentality now waiting for something miraculous, huge to happen. You're waiting for an increase and then you're going to give me praise for it. I don't work like that. You'll stay in a dry, barren wilderness. I don't speak lightly. I know I'm speaking to elders. I speak to you in the Holy Ghost today. God says, remember who I am. And remember I called you to be my hands and my feet. I don't expect you to take the burden and responsibility of every sinner up on your shoulder. I just want you to be a watchman on a wall. You be a lighthouse to them and they'll come in. Is it possible that it's a dry, barren wilderness because you haven't planted and you haven't watered anymore? You let some rain hit that desert place. You plant something there. And you you just watch and see. I don't care what desert place it is. If rain hits it, there's things that are there dormant. And they'll start growing. They actually grow at speeds that are beyond. They're so hungry and thirsty. I have to trust you. With the kingdom. It's not about trusting you with just the saints. I have to trust you with my kingdom. I've got to know. God, you know the intent of the heart. But I've got to know you're going to be faithful. In the good times and the bad times. i got to know that I can trust you. With what I'm wanting to do through you. I know I gave you a picture of it. But I need to trust you that you'll still worship me. Even when that wilderness. When you're thirsty. Are you going to desire to go back to fishing? Are you going to desire to go back to Egypt? You want to go back to being bowed? You think it was easier there. Are you going to say, hey man. there, There is a promised land. There is a land that flows with milk and honey. I know I'm in a wilderness right now, but I'm not staying here. Yea, though I walk through this valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You may do what you're going to do, but I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to keep worshiping him. I love you, Jesus. I still believe in you. Show me your glory. Psalms 107 and 3, I believe. It says that Moses knew the ways of God. But the children of Israel, they knew the acts of God. We're living in a day and hour, everybody wants to see the acts of God. Show me the miracle. But God says, there's my way. There's a place you can get in me. Oh, you'll hear my voice. I'll show you my glory. Remove yourself from the duty for a little bit. And get back to where you're hungry and thirsty for me. Seeking me. He oh. could almost seek How repetitious is our prayers. God says, He walks by. He walks by the. He goes to Athens, Paul does. And he sees, he sees, he sees a sign, and he sees a little place set aside amongst all the demigods. And he sees this one. It says, the unknown God. He says, let me tell you. I've come to tell you who that unknown God is. (laughs) You need to know him. You can know him. He's not like all your other demigods. This God, he can change everything. (laughs) Jesus goes by. The music come, He's going by. And he says... As he's walking by, he, he hears this repetitious prayer, just continual, just, and he says, "That's not how you pray. What are you doing? I don't answer that kind of prayer. This is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Anybody know it? Come on, Thy kingdom. Help me out." As it is in heaven. I don't know if heaven can hear you. Because I can't hear you. Let's start it again. Everybody that will. Our Father which art in heaven. This is the revelation that God gave me. And it's not new, but he gave it to me and it changed my life. He says, do you not see it? Do you not see the pattern? I don't change. You made exactly what I was telling you to do, and you made it repetitious. You've fallen victim to the same people. Because I put words down, you think I'm talking about the words. It's not what I'm talking about. What I'm doing is taking you through the tabernacle. This is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven. Our Father that's not my friend. Our Father who is on his throne. Our Father, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. We petition the Lord before we praise him. We do. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Our Father, which is above my cancer, which is above my job loss, before I ask anything of you, I want to put you on your throne. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. What you're doing is you're in the outer courts, folks. Our Father, which art in heaven, you bring a sacrifice of praise See, we've got it all twisted. We don't want to go to an altar because an altar after you're saved is a place of condemnation. We don't want people seeing us, why are they going up? I knew they were backslid. I knew they had problems. When's the last time you've seen the pastor's wife or leadership run to an altar first and fall on it? No, they got to wait till everybody else goes, then they sneak in behind. And then they expect God to make them number 1. The altar is not just a place of salvation. This is a place of petitioning. This is a place of operation. (laughs) Look in your churches. It's very rare that the place that's closest to the altar is filled. It's usually away from it. But if this is really the place that God has told us it is, And it's conditional to his ways. He said, this is how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now, after I've given him that praise, I move to a place, the holy place. And I petition to the Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now I can tell you what I want. Give us this day. Our daily bread. (laughs) Whatever I have need of, God, give me provision today. It's not a question. It's telling. He says, ask. You get to a place that you can go boldly before the throne and you can obtain. I don't know if you get it. But he says, remove yourself for a moment. Open yourself up. You're running on empty. <laughs> you're running on empty. It's not by happenstance that you're doing something out of the ordinary. It's not it's not by accident that you said, hey, let's let's get together. Do you understand how how conditional and how the problem is is and why churches are the average church size is 70 to 80? 72. Do you understand why that is? Because that's all you can effectively, pastor. You're doing a good job. You get up to 60 to 80. Good job. You're, you, you've reached your full potential. He's made you so dependent upon a number two person that you have no idea. It doesn't even mathematically equate to us. He said one puts a thousand to fight but that number two guy. He puts 10,000 to flight where two or three are gathered together. I'm there. Hear me. You may be a lay minister here and you're frustrated and you don't understand why everything's dormant and it doesn't seem like the pastor cares about your ministry and he's not moving it forward. Can he trust you? With his vision, not your vision, with his vision. The only way he's going to pour into you if he trusts you with his vision that God gave him. He's not looking for another vision to come in and cause confusion. He's looking for you to embrace his vision. Submit to it. Your vision reaching its full potential is de- is completely dependent upon him and you embracing his vision. The pastor's. And your church growth, pastor is dependent upon you trusting that number two guy. The miraculous. Oh, you can do this with your hands, but you can't do that with your hands. You can't bring 10,000. That's the number two guy. Your weakness is that God is telling you to trust. That's where the increase is. Moses would have never allowed Aaron and Er to get that close unless he completely trusted them. Whenever he's on there and he's fighting, he's getting weak, you're going to get weak. you got to have somebody to lift your hands up. Well, I just don't trust him. I'll show you, if a church has been there more than 10 years, I'll go seven years. If a church has been in, if, if its doors have been open for seven years and it's running 70 to 80, I'll show you a pastor that's been wounded. He's trusted somebody and somebody's taking his vision, somebody's, somebody's, taken a different direction, split churches, done this. So it gets to a place that he says, you know what? I will not allow myself to be open again like that. I will not allow myself to be torn. So he closes borders. I know, I've done it. Had people come in and rip our church apart. But God says, keep it open. You got to keep trusting. I trust you. You better trust my people. If you don't do it, you'll stay. But that you'll never reach your full potential. You'll never reach what God has in store for you. The vision, you'll never reach that promised land. You can't do it. You can't effectively touch more than 80 people full time. Can he trust you? Can God trust you? I'm talking to the pastors. I'm talking to everybody. Can God trust you with this kingdom? And can you trust others? I know without a shadow of a doubt, it doesn't matter how empty you come into this place. And it's not because of who I am. It's God's desire. God told me years ago, year and a half ago, he says, "I want you to go on the road, resign your churches." And they were running right at 200. I'm not saying that braggingly. we started them from the ground up and they got just blessed. but he says, "Leave it. Turn them over to some ministry I raised up or God raised up under my ministry." And God says, "I want you to go on the road because we're at a place in time that people, as yourself, are serving me out of duty and not desire. (laughs) I'm looking for somebody that says they love me, and I will show myself strong in them. God says, you preach this, and I will demonstrate. Wherever you go, you make sure you preach this. That I'm looking for somebody that's hungry. Somebody that loves me unconditionally in their in their handicapped condition, in their complacent condition, but they still have a heart's desire. They still are making me number one. They don't measure me by how many people's in their church, how how much money they got in the bank, but they measure me and allow me to be their God. Not just their savior. You preach it, and I will demonstrate. Oh, the first time's easy. Or it's hard. But I'm sorry, but it's it's easy now because God has given a year and a half of divine demonstration. I don't stand before you with boldness of who I am. I stand before you because God has put a mandate on my ministry and said, Watch the miraculous happen. If somebody will step out. I know we're gonna do some focused prayer, and I believe it's in order, but you gotta get somebody. Oh, it's, we, we find it amazing. We preach sermons and we want people to move, but when's, when you're being preached a sermon, does it move you still? Does it bring you to a place when God is reaching for you? And I promise you that God is absolutely reaching to say, let me grow on in you. Let me put another anointing on you. David, I know you as anointed as a lad, but I've got another anointing waiting on you. There's still a king. There's still a crown. You're still a shepherd's boy. You're anointed. But there's a place that you go on and you grow on in me a place that i can say now i can trust you we want the anointing to be there all the time he says the anointing usually shows up when there's a lion or a bear or a giant when there's a problem that's when the anointing is activated i just don't anoint i just don't anoint you when you're driving through burger king but i do anoint you when you got a problem it's conditional But you got to stand before your adversary. You got to stand before it and say, You will not win today. Satan, I know you're as a roaring lion, but I will not be eaten today. I choose this day who I will serve. It's your kingdom, God, but you can use my hands. It's your kingdom, God, if you want two people in the church or if you want 3,000. Your will be done. I'll just make sure that I plant and I water. Is it a dry, barren, desert wilderness? Because you was the last time you shed a tear? Not for your condition. Not because of where you're at. But a tear of love to God. A tear of submission to God. I surrender to you, Lord. think before we do focus prayer, where we corporately do it, there needs to be an individual because it's, nobody goes with you. Everybody's in the outer courts, but nobody goes with you in the holies of holies. That's predicated upon your praise and your sacrifice. Nobody could take you into that power place, but you can. Come on. I'm, I'm speaking to you about the currency of the kingdom today. I know it's, it's trivial. It doesn't change. I know you've heard it before. That's what he's saying. Do you still believe it? It didn't change. It goes beyond culture. It goes beyond generation. It's forever settled. Before we turn it over to the man that's going to do focus prayer, I urge you, and I know most of you already have, But I urge you right now, because healing's about to flow in this place. When he comes up and he prays about healing and individual churches, increase is about to happen in your church, sir. But God's looking for your praise now before you see it. Come on, Miriam. I know that you're beyond and you're in the wilderness, but don't let down the tambourine. Don't stop praising me. You praise me now in your wilderness. <laughs> increase is waiting come on I know it looks like a dry barren wilderness now but God the anointing he'll put green grass in a desert place he'll play he'll he'll make a place of provision in a desert place <laughs> Come on, somebody lead us in prayer right now. Come on, somebody take us to that throne. Come on, where's the worshipers? Where's our interceding? Where's our intercessor prayer warriors? Does anybody know how to touch heaven? This is how you pray.